ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, Dad. Thanks for joining. Hi, Simon. Yeah, well, this is a, a little makeshift Father's Day gift for you. I figured you could do the intro, actually, for this episode, since it's a Father's Day episode. A Father's Day gift of being on For the Love of Sport. I can't think of a better gift for me. Thanks, Simon. I hope you have a great show today. There we go, Mr. Bruce Mack. Thank you for introing us into this wonderful episode of For the Love of Sport. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, dear listener. And yeah, that was pretty cool, Simon. Getting to see, uh, <laughs> getting to see the uh, other side of our dear, our dear host, Simon McKenzie. So that was that was fun to have him on. And obviously, you know, we're celebrating Father's Day with this yeah. episode. It's this Sunday. It's coming out. Uh, we had your dad on. Shout out to my dad, who probably wouldn't have agreed to do the intro. So very <laughs> cool that your dad did that. <laughs> but I we still su- got to give him a shout out. I surprised him. I sent him a link. I was like, hey, can you join this quick? And I just kind of <laughs> pretended that I was having an issue with something. And then he joined and I was like, by the way, this is your Father's Day gift. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, uh, but seriously, that's super cool. Yeah. And while we're on the topic too, before we hop into you know our guest here, uh, you know, big shout out to all parents, all guardians out there, you know. The life lessons and and things you learn as you grow up, it's all it's all wonderful when it all comes from love. So, big shout yeah, out to everybody no. out there. No matter the form or who you've got in your life, your family, your chosen family, whoever that is, celebrating everyone today. Love that. Was- but we've got a packed a packed little episode today. So <laughs> I think the uh, the lovely little banter here can get uh, cut short, and maybe we mm-hmm. just hop right into our interview. What do you say? I think so. Let's get right to it. We are beyond thrilled to welcome not one, but two exceptional talents in the world of NASCAR, Jeff and Harrison Burton. First, we're going to put the spotlight on Jeff Burton, affectionately known across the NASCAR community as the mayor. What a fantastic nickname, by the way. Uh, With his charismatic presence, Jeff has been a beacon of knowledge both on and off the track. Throughout his career, he's driven with extraordinary tenacity, skill, and amassing and impressive 21 Cup Series victories. Post his racing career, Jeff transitioned to broadcasting Ruth, lending his expertise to the NBC's coverage of NASCAR and has become a wise guide in taking viewers through the thrilling twists and turns of every race. Our second guest today is his son, Harrison, and a rising star himself in the next generation of NASCAR. Uh, He has his own successes on the track and has stepped into the high stakes world of NASCAR, holding his own in a field of veterans as 2017 NASCAR KN Pro Series East Champion and 2020 NASCAR Xfinity Series Rookie of the Year. 
We're looking forward to diving in more and learning more about the two of you. And Marie and I are admittedly newer to the world of racing and NASCAR, from especially from a youth sports perspective. But with that, Jeff Harrison, welcome to the For the Love of Sport podcast. It's yeah, great thanks. for having us. Thank you. Yeah, welcome, we're, welcome. We're excited. We are too. We are, we've got the adrenaline going. Uh, I can only imagine this is exactly how you feel behind a car. <laughs> you know, got to be <laughs> very comfortable. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> we like to jump in really with uh, with the great connector, which is youth sports, because you know most uh, people have that have fond memories of playing when they're young. That's so foundational, just being a kid and growing up. And I think just Jeff, starting with you, can you talk about um, your own youth sports experience and how you kind of got involved in racing and what that looks like? And then likewise, Harrison, if you want to follow up after that. Yeah, I had a great youth uh, youth in sports. I was the son of a very athletic father. A uh, very competitive man, still today, mid-80s competitive, uh, and we did everything. We played basketball, we played football, we played baseball, we played soccer, we raced go-karts. Uh, we did it all, and uh, we went from one season to the next, and and I actually loved that. I I, I remember uh, my fondest memories of school were in gym. Like, I, it's probably a lot of people <laughs> feel that way, but uh, I, you know, I really enjoyed the opportunity to play all different kinds of sports and to be exposed to a lot of different thought processes, different coaches, uh, different rules, different strategies. Uh, I was not a great athlete by any means, but I did learn at an early age to hustle. Uh, you know, I wasn't a good enough athlete, so I needed to run, try to run faster or fat or harder or longer than the next guy and uh, try to out hustle him. So to me, that, that, that youth, that youth experience was great. And, uh, also, have you know, my parents were very supportive. My brothers were very supportive. Uh, they, you know, come to games. We would go to, I'd go to my brother's games. And I think that was great for us, too, because I always knew my family had my back. And so yeah. it wasn't just learning about how to kick a soccer ball. It was learning how to work with others and compete against others, learn how to lose, learn how to win. Uh, I think sports do that in a way that uh, very few other things can. 100%. We've, I know we've talked about that, you and I, Marie, about how, Sports is one of the few venues where you get to experience losing in a safe yeah. environment and learn it and that and you learn so much from just those experiences. I guess how did the transition to you mentioned racing go-karts? I did catch that. So basketball and, and, and all the other sports too. So at what point were you driving a go-kart going, you know, this is this is what I'm gonna do now? <laughs> how did that transition happen? Yeah. So my dad, as I said, he was a very competitive person and uh, he heard there was a go-kart race uh, mm-hmm. in our local town and so he took my oldest brother ward who also was a cup driver uh he took him up there and like a cart that you would have in the yard you know what i mean he's like can't beat anybody right (laughs) and uh got up there and my dad always loved speed and ward did pretty well i guess in this cart and next thing you know we're all racing go-karts and traveling all over the state of virginia my dad actually raced go-karts as well Uh, i wasn't old enough yet uh, then you had to be seven years old to drive. And so the minute I turned seven, I, I, I started racing. Uh, but there were times we had a like an old Suburban and we put two go-karts in the back of it, one <laughs> on top of the other. And for me to go, I'd have to ride in one of the go-karts in the back. And, uh, you know, so, but I wanted to do what my brothers were doing. I wanted to do what my dad was doing. They were my heroes and what they were doing, I wanted to do. And I certainly felt like early on that I could be better at that than other than stick and ball sports. Although I had to work at it, I felt like I was better at that. I had more of an opportunity to be successful in that than I could playing soccer, baseball, and definitely whew, baseball was ugly. <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> that, 
Harrison, were you better at baseball, do you think? Or was the I never even experience? tried. So my problem is <laughs> I have the same genes as my dad does. I'm not the most athletic guy in the world. But uh, yeah, so baseball wasn't in my cards either. That's for sure. <laughs> what uh, What about you, Harrison, though, from other sports? Were you, because of your family's background, more inclined to just dive right into racing? Or were you yeah. dabbling around in some other sports too? Yeah, I'm, I messed around some other stuff for sure. Uh, you know, it's seems odd. I really wanted to play football, but my mom thought it was too dangerous, which is a strange oh, thing to say God. as a professional <laughs> racer. Uh, irony. Yeah, so I really wanted to play uh, football, and she wouldn't let me. And so I told her I could, uh, you know, try lacrosse instead. And she didn't know sure. that the rules of lacrosse are also are, pretty physical. Yeah. And so I kind of snuck that one through. And, uh, the first play I remember, you know, I started fairly young in lacrosse. I had been racing since I was five. I started racing at a really young age. Um, lacrosse came a little later, but I remember my first game, it was a little indoor league in lacrosse and I got hit so hard. My helmet flew across the, you know, the field and I fell yeah. on the ground and I remember look getting up and just seeing my mom looking so mad that I had kind of <laughs> like snuck this through. So yeah, I played lacrosse growing up quite a bit. And then as racing got more serious, which it did for me, I feel like racing got pretty serious by the time I was 14, 15, it was kind of my already what I wanted to do for a living. It was kind of my full-time job at that point. You know, I went to normal high school still, but you know, it's when it became kind of serious. So I had to drop the lacrosse side of things and go into racing, but um, the racing side of things is really neat as a kid growing up. It's a lot more just like any other sport than you would expect. I grew up racing a race car called a quarter midget. And there was, you know, all these kids that would race these carts. It's a lot like a go-kart just has a roll cage. Uh, okay. Another thing that my mom wanted because uh, I didn't, she don't want me to fly out of the go-kart. So uh, she's very safety. She's safety inclined if you don't notice. Right. But you know, she, uh, she wanted me to be in a safer cart. So I did that, but you know, it went from, you know, you would go race your buddies. And if, you know, right after the race, you would go ride around on bikes or go play football or go whatever. So it, it turned into kind of a bunch of friends and I still have friends that I met when I was five years old, uh, quarter midget racing. So yeah, it's really similar to the kind of sports experience. And I was pretty glad I grew up the way I did doing that. It was a lot of fun. I think that's an area that we certainly like when we, I think our experience is certainly like just big long fields and, you know, orange slices and Capri Sun, but I imagine they still have orange slices and Capri Sun on the track. So that's not necessarily <laughs> just for soccer or basketball, or whatever it is. But um, I think that's something that, you know, we wanted to dive in deeper of just what that. I guess how that whole thing, how thing works where you're just like, you're going from playing lacrosse once and then you're, you're diving into go-karts and, and quarter midges the next. And I guess my question is how does it scale up from there? Do they, it's just yeah. slowly introducing you to just more and more horsepower and <laughs> yeah, more expensive for me, vehicles. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For me, it was <laughs> probably quicker than my dad can kind of talk to this pretty well too. It was kind yeah. of quicker than most people. I, I raced quarter midgets from the time I was five till I was 11. Um, and there's different classes in there than in the carts get faster and faster and faster. And those little go-karts, you know, they're running really fast by the time you're 11. I mean, it's all you can do to hang on. They're mm. so fast. You run, you know, six second lap time. So it's a little small racetrack and you're just zipping around there. And so for me, I went straight from that to a full size uh, race car called a late model, which is basically a stock car. Looks 
similar to what okay. you see us race on Sundays. Uh, and I started racing those when I was 11. And that's yeah. a, a big step. Uh, that's a bigger step than I would say most kids take. Uh, you go straight from, hey, these are my buddies. I've grown up racing them to, okay, here's this 40-year-old man that I'm racing. And he <laughs> has to finish well to be able to race next week. And it's going to help him put food on his table to finish well. And wow. so it's definitely like a, a big jump. I remember my first race in a late model. I bumped this guy in an accident and he was, you know, really mad at me. He didn't know who I was or how young I was. And he came down and was cussing and yelling at me. And I got out of my car. And at the time I was like four or I was like five foot one, right? I was oh a little my gosh. kid. And he just walked and went the other way. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's such a, such an interesting jump from like, this is yeah. fun to, okay, these guys are serious now. And I'd say that most kids have steps in between that, but that was kind of how I did. Yeah. I feel like I need to ask because I'm curious, what is it? Obviously when you're 11 years old, you don't have a driver's license. That's like not a thing. What does that look like? And then when you got your driver's license, were you let me just show you a few YouTube videos and we can be good and I can just get my license or what does yeah. that look, what does that look like? Yeah. Imagine my to, nephews listening to this and going, listen up, this is how we're going to get our licenses. Right. Yeah. This is it. This is it right here. Exactly. No, I didn't. There was no early license for me. I had to get uh, my mom or my dad to drive me to the racetrack <laughs> so I could go drive a race car oh, and then man. would hit in the back seat and they would drive me home. So good. You know, it, it's so I, that's certainly a, a interesting concept. And then, I had, uh, you know, in, I don't know how it is in different states and whatnot, but in North Carolina, you have to get hours with a, a co-driver uh, to get okay. your full license. And this guy that I drove around or, you know, I rode, drove him around for a while. Uh, he just fell asleep. And said, You're good. I'm going to take a nap. And uh, <laughs> so I drove him around for like two hours with this dude I didn't know just sleeping in the passenger seat. So your mom that was, did that? Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, it was a guy from, uh, from, you have don't to say get names. hours. Don't say names. No, I'm not saying names, I'm not saying names, but it's like a guy you have to get hours with, you know, that's outside of your parents. So it's a, that was an interesting scenario for sure. I don't want to get him in trouble. So no names. <laughs> that's completely fair. And I, I think Jeff to you. I mean, were you, were you also a co-driver? I mean, I, I know there, the laws differ from state to state. My, myself, like I had to drive with my parents, like a parent, a parent or guardian or person, like in the car to get a certain number of hours before I could take my driver's test. You guys mentioned safety. I mean, Harrison, you mentioned it from a, as perspective of football. No, but racing. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I, I think I imagine there's some dear listeners that may, you know, when they, when they have this connotation in their head of, of, of racing and especially driving at that kind of high speeds and safety. And I definitely wonder if you can talk to sort of the importance around that and maybe set some minds at ease, maybe my own. I, I don't want to say I worry for it, but it's just like, if my daughter comes up to me and says, I really like driving go-karts, I want to, I really want to go after this. I, I feel like I need to have some words to just calm myself down because I can imagine just my heart kind of jumping out of its chest. Well, look, you know, no one's claiming it to be, you know, the safest thing you can do for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you just have to weigh the risk and you have to, you have to put young drivers in situations where, you know, they're going to make mistakes and they're, yeah. they are in a safe environment as they learn, you know, as they make mistakes, they're going to make them, they're going to be in wrecks, they're going to be in incidences. You have to, they have to be going the speed that they're going to minimize yeah. the opportunity yeah. for damage, right? Or, or an injury rather. And you know, the same as football, you know, like you don't, you don't put, you know, you shouldn't put an eighth grader with a, with a, a 12th grader, right. With different sizes and everything else. So you try to limit the exposure 
um, and you put them in the put them in opportunities that they're ready for, and it's really no different than any other sport. It, yeah, you know, it it has an element of danger to it. There's no doubt about it. And uh, you know, but you, safety's come a long way for sure. But you can't ignore it. You can't ignore the opportunity yeah. is there. Uh, you have to educate yourself, and you have to you really pay attention to the rules, and pay attention to the rules, and pay attention yeah. to you know what you know the manufacturer of the products, the safety products. They have very clear instructions on how to use their products, use them the way they say that you're supposed to use them. Yeah. And uh, but there, but you know, there is an element of danger in, in racing as it is in any sport. I imagine there's just a pillar of that education though when you're you know learning the ins and outs and the finer details of racing too that like safety is sort of like paramount so i imagine there's when we think about practice in that concept i imagine those things are drilled and repeated too am i right well so every so what harrison talked about with quarter midgets there was a there was and harrison can talk about it if he, if he was so young he might not remember it but there was <laughs> there was uh you know, he had to be approved. Like he had to go through some right. classes. He had to do some things that he was a, before he could get on track. He had to be approved to get on track. And then anytime he raced, he had to start in the back of the pack. He wouldn't let him start in the front. Like they walked him into it and they had a, they had a training process that he had to go through uh, to make sure that he was, he was ready. And, yeah. and, uh, and they put, you know, they put experienced people together. You know, they, they, they do a nice job or did a nice job of not, I'm not involved anymore, but at that point they did a really nice job of putting, you know, the people together that should be together and going the speeds they should be going. And when Harrison started, I mean, it looked to me, it looked like he's going hundred mile an hour, but he's probably going 10. <laughs> you know, it's really it's just cutting around, barely going around there. And so uh, it's just real important to be with a, a group that recognizes, yeah. you know, and, and it puts your child in a safe environment in the positions that he's ready to be in or he's not ready to be in. Yeah. I feel like racing probably, and maybe it's because people aren't as many people aren't as intimately close to it. Don't understand all the safety measures that actually go into sure. it. They, you know, just cause they don't understand doesn't mean all these things aren't happening. We had a question too, and maybe Harrison, you can, you can answer this one. Uh, obviously as part of like training and practicing, um, do you use like simulators or anything where you're doing a lot of stuff where you are in a safer environment where you can kind of push yourself and do some different things? Uh, so then when you're actually behind the wheel, it's not like I'm only just practicing when I'm actually out here. Yeah. That's actually, you know, we talk about that a lot is that's the hardest thing about racing is, yeah. you know, if anyone can go pick up a football and throw yeah. it and try things or say, even just to relate to fans or to people that want to watch the sport, you know, I can watch Patrick Mahomes throw a football and man, I can do that. Right. So yeah. it's hard to relate that the simulator is uh, for us is becoming one of the biggest tools that we have to do that. You know, Ford, I, I drive for Ford performance and they have a, a multi-million dollar simulator where all the drivers circle in and out. Uh, the teams can try different things. The drivers can try different things. So, you know, I was in there yesterday from 7 a.m. till 11. Uh, it's kind of my shift every week. That's part of my job now is I go in to the simulator. I help them tune it to be more realistic. Uh, we go through different things that the crew chief might want to try for the car for the upcoming race. I give them my feedback on that. And it's crazy. You know, you, the, the simulator is so realistic now that I can feel, okay, they changed the right front shock. I can feel how the car pitch changed. I can feel it's giving more wow. grip for the front end of the car. I mean, it's pretty 
uh, unreal how far that has come. And the reason for that is, like you said, it's a it's a safe place to do it. You can try stuff. Uh, it's expensive to wreck things. It hurts to wreck things. <laughs> uh, you don't want to do that. So it's like freedom for all these engineers that have all these ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just go in there and type it in, see what happens. And if I bounce yeah. it off the wall, I'm going to be fine. And we'll hit the reset button and go again. So um, for us, that is uh, becoming, and it was at the tail end of my dad's career, it was kind of just starting. And now for me, that's uh, a mainstay in almost every single race team is simulator time through whatever manufacturer helps them out. Yeah, I've seen two and maybe it's because, and I don't know, maybe I'm going to speak here. Then you guys are going to be like, yeah, we don't like F1, but I've watched the F1 documentary. Yeah. Okay. There's no bad blood there. I had no, no idea. I, I, I didn't know it. if it was I like a, it. Yeah, no, a live PJ tour kind of thing yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. Um, I just love okay. racing. So it's easy to watch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So any, anyways, I've seen, obviously that's exploded in popularity, probably in large parts of the documentary, but I've also seen that from that to get more fans engaged, they're creating like places you can go. I think the first one's in Boston where you go and there's just simulators everywhere. Yeah. And so that's kind of a cool, I'm sure it's cool for you guys to have fans be able to, to maybe relate a little bit more and understand the sport more. And it's obviously just going to help it grow and grow um, more, but maybe we'll have to do a field trip, Simon, and give that a go. Yeah, I think, I think I'll be horrible, but. Yeah. Oh yeah, same. There's no way that I'm <laughs> going to be great at it right away. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing, like the simulator Harrison's talking about that he does before, yeah. you know, it's full motion. So it's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's Gosh. not only is it visual, it's motion, yeah. which is really the key, like really the key for a race car driver, you know, to drive a race car, you have to operate on the edge of grip. And on the other edge of that is the wreck. And so you've right. got to find that very edge of where the car is going to leave the racetrack spinning out or going into the wall. That's where the speed is. That's where the danger is. That's where the speed is. And so having that ability to operate right on that edge of the grip without crossing over it, that's how you make lap time and that's how you go fast. That's a feel thing. It's like you feel the car start to grip. Yeah. You sense that before it starts to lose grip. And the, the simulator, like iRacing, which is awesome, the, the graphics and the visuals are amazing, but it doesn't give you the feel. But what it does right. do is does show fans when they, and it's very easy to get onto, and it does show fans what it feels like and what it looks like and the situations the drivers get themselves in and, you know, the, the adrenaline rush of, I got two laps to pass this guy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's been really good for our sport because it exposes, it exposes fans to yeah. uh, that. It, what, it doesn't expose them to the danger. Right. And like Harrison said, that's a, that's one of the lar- hardest things that when I do it for a living, one of the hardest things to do is to explain what a driver is feeling, not what mm. he's seeing, but what he's feeling. Cause you can see what he's seeing. We have great cameras in the cars on the helmets what yeah. we don't have is a way to feel. It's, it's like an MMA fight. Like, you might sure. think you can do it until yeah. one of them kicks you in the shin. Like, then you realize, <laughs> no, I don't want to do this. This and is not for me. <laughs> correct. It's a lot like that. And it's something that we, you know, it, you know, you can go to the YMCA and get into a basketball game. Yeah. And you can do that with soccer. You can do that with baseball. You can do that with football. You can't do that in racing. And it's very hard to do with fighting also. So there are just two sports that are very difficult to explain what it feels like to be, yeah. in, to be in that race car or in the ring. 
I'm curious about that, about being able to, the idea of teaching that. And I wonder, you know, Jeff, if you can speak to, you know, being a parent and watching Harrison go through this, how I know you, I'm sure you were involved, I guess, was there a point where you were, you were the coach or were you potentially overstepping what the coach was trying to coach Harrison to do? Well, I never overstepped. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. I have to ask the question. I just have to ask. We got to get that on the records. <laughs> I can explain carry on. this perfectly if you want, but I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, uh, there's one way to learn, right? And that's do yeah. it. And yeah. there is a way to prepare. And there are two different things, right? So you can prepare. And Harrison and I could talk a lot about and watch video and and talk about the things that he is going to experience, the things that he needs to do, the things he's not doing well. Yeah. It's a whole nother thing to actually go out and execute on it. And so that's when he just has to, he just had to go do it and he had to experience some things. And we knew there was going to be then, and there's going to be in the future times that he doesn't know that he's doing something wrong or that he needs to be better. And that's, you know, that's just how it is. Every athlete is like that. And so um, as it's gotten, as he's gotten older and has as many races under his belt and as many as experiences as he has under his belt. Now yeah. I'm like a 30,000 foot view guy. You know, I'm the guy that just, when I see something, not necessarily that he's doing, but more of an approach, then I'll mm-hmm. step in and say, Hey, what about, you know, think about this. Uh, but I, we don't talk about hands and feet and steering wheel. And we don't talk about that. We don't talk about sure. those kind of things. It's more, you know, I've been there from an emotional standpoint. I've been there. I've experienced things that I know he's going to experience. And a lot of those things aren't good. Like it's, it is a, you think about this. If, if a cup, if a NASCAR cup team wins four races, that is an amazing year. Yeah. Think about that. Mm -hmm. If a, if a football team wins four games, they're (laughs) terrible. Yes. I can attest. So, it's a lot like golf and that yeah. there are a lot of people in the field and you can have a really good day and finish 10th, like a really good day and finish 10th. Yeah. You can run well and finish 20th. It is so competitive. And so that is, you know, golf and racing are very much alike in that. And and yeah. you just can't always look at the scoreboard and say, this is the day I had. It's more complicated yeah. than that. And sure. uh, trying to help Harrison navigate through those challenges of what it's like to be a cup driver, uh, because it is, it is much harder than people recognize. It is exceptionally hard. Yeah. And uh, it's the same thing, you know, if I'm an unskilled viewer, I love sports, but I'm unskilled. I can watch a college football game and it really doesn't look that different to me from a pro football game. Mm. But if I put five pro players on that college field, I would do now I see right now I understand. (laughs) And it's a lot like that in racing. Like when you put all the cup guys in the field, they look like the same as the truck race. But when you take some truck guys and put them in the cup (laughs) race, you do now I understand that's how good Mm -hmm. the cup guys are. So it's, it's just very hard until you've experienced it to understand it. Harrison got a taste yeah. of it last year. And uh, so I'm, you know, I've tried to help in that regard, but when he was, when he was a developing driver and can I do this or can I not do this? I was much more hands-on, sure. much more hands-on, but I, but at the same token, I was still racing too. 
So there were times, you know, most of the races that Harrison ran, especially quarter bitches, I wasn't there. Now mm-hmm. we worked on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays, but on Saturdays mm-hmm. and Fridays, it was he and his mom. Oh. Got it. I think it's, uh, it's, I've heard, and you mentioned golf. Uh, I feel like I've heard they, a lot of times after a major, they'll say the thing where it's, oh. there should be an amateur out there. So you can really see, cause I think golf is, you were spot on is another one where it's can't be that hard. And people who golf are like, no, no. yeah. Yeah. very hard. <laughs> I, fe- I feel like you probably couldn't achieve that in, in NASCAR. It would probably be a, a an absolute mess. If you put a uh, Joe Schmo out there, behind they'd be a going car, 25. Petrified going like five <laughs> miles an hour. Just too scary to like, put my foot down an inch more. <laughs> just everyone passing by me. I just be a yeah. hazard. But um, you made, you made the mention. Sorry. I have follow up. Cause Jeff made the mention of saying you could have a great day and come in 20th place or have a yeah. great day and come in sixth place. And you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, to base yourself off of a place finish, which is kind of counterintuitive to how, I think a lot of people think about sports. Harrison, how does that weigh into how you kind of approach, you know, a race or, you know, training or anything like that? Just knowing that where you end up might not necessarily be, you know, how well you did that day. I wonder if that takes practice and probably a a mental toll a little bit to get used to as well. Yeah, it's super hard. It's hard to not have a a win and a loss, right? There's no, you know, obviously there's one winner and there's 35 losers or, or whatever, right? But you don't have a definitive, okay, that's a, that's a loss. And here's why. So I think the biggest thing for me to focus on and what I do, and I think I've gotten really good at now is I focus on what does it take for me to be the best? So what are the things I need to do to achieve the goals I want to, I need to study this, I need to work out, I need to eat good. I need to hydrate before the race. I need to do all these things. And then once I get into the race, there's a whole nother set of goals. I I need to Um, be adaptive to the racetrack that uh, one thing that people don't see a lot is the racetrack changes throughout the event, uh, which line is faster changes throughout the mm-hmm. event. You need to be, you know, really co- a good communicator between your team and, and yourself and understand what you need to do to make your car better. So um, there's all of these little goals and check marks that you kind of have to do well to have a good day or to have a good weekend. Um, and so for me, I grade myself kind of off of all those little things separately. Um, you know, did I do a good job preparing? Yes, I showed up to the racetrack and felt very confident on my first lap that I could go drive into the corner as hard as I need to go and be fast right out of the gate. Okay, that's a check mark. And then you go so on and so forth down the list. And that's kind of the approach I've taken because you're right, it's impossible to say, okay. You know, I, I was running third and then a guy spun me out. And so I, I lost my track position and, you know, now I'm a 25th place guy. Well, if I was running third, there's a reason I was there. So what did I do right to get there? And what did I do wrong to inevitably not finish there? It's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a really competitive space. Like my dad said, it's thousands of seconds separate, you know, five cars at a time. And so um, doing every little thing right means a lot. That's for sure. That's really insightful. And I think something that deserves to be dove into a little bit too, or that sort of preparation and that review, you know, after the event is over, whether you won or lost, just reviewing what went well and not focusing so much on, you know, what didn't go well. I think that's an area that can, I mean, we know this, we've talked to sports psychologist Marie, and we've talked to people who'd like talk about the training, like setting yourself those little goals. Like you just mentioned Harrison, like it doesn't necessarily have to be, I need to score like this many points or this many goals. I just need to make sure I work on did I hit this 
you know, route properly? Did I mm -hmm. properly like assist over here? And if I did those things, then I'm doing my part. Not necessarily, I let that guy go by. So I had a terrible game. Then that's it. That's not yeah, how you get better. It's all the small things add up to the big things. It's all the little details that you do throughout the week. It's all the little things that you do with your team. You know, it's a team sport. Um, we've got our own groups. Um, we've got engineering groups I have to work with, um, mechanics that, you know, put the setups into the car, a pit crew that'll change the tires. I mean, it's a full race. It's a full team. And so for me, I, I kind of have to be the quarterback of that team as the driver. I'm, I'm the one that sets the tone for the weekend. I'm the one that, you know, does all the things I need to do to, to kind of rally the troops or whatever it might be. And so, you know, you really, you really have to do all the little things right. And that stuff, it doesn't always add up to, okay, this race, I, man, I, I pumped my guys up and that's why we went <laughs> fast. It's, you yeah. know, it's just all the little things matter and you don't know yeah. when they're going to matter until you, until it does. The, the worst mistake that athletes make and teams make is to think they set a goal when they said we, th the goal was to win the race or to win the game or win the championship. Yeah. That That's a great thing to set that goal. and But to think that's setting a goal is a mistake. Yeah. Like that is, that's the outcome. Mm. The goals are all the things you have to do to get to that end result. Yeah. And if you miss setting the goals that it takes to have success, you won't get to that thing that you just said, win a championship or win a, or win a game. That's the biggest mistake people make is we did set a goal to win the game. Well, how are you going to win the game? Yeah. What do you have to do to win the game? That's the goal. All the, the 40 goals that you set inside of that end result, that's what determines success. That's what practice is. Hmm. That's what game prep is. That's what, Working out is, that's all those things. You don't win unless you're just unbelievably talented. You don't win without achieving all the goals that it takes. Like it's, you know, the goal is not, I mean, I understand the goal is to win the game, but how do you win the game? Yeah. That's really the focus. And when you don't focus on that, you don't have success. And you, people get the cart way before the horse and thinking mm -hmm. about the end result when instead they need to think about all the things they need to do to get to the end result. And if you do all those things and you lose, well, then you just got beaten. Somebody yeah. just did a better job. And that's okay. Like you can sleep over that. When you didn't prepare and you didn't do the things in practice to prepare or in the game that you needed to do and you lose, well, that's because you didn't prepare properly. That's you mm -hmm. didn't understand what yeah. the real goals were. And that, to me, is the biggest mistake people make as they're trying to excel in a particular sport. Is how do you? What, what's the focus? And, and and forget the end result. Focus on all the things you have to do to get to the end result. That's the beautiful connection of of all sports. They can they can share these sort of these ideas and these notions, and especially those particular insights are transferable to really any sport and it's very like any li it life yeah and life yeah exactly <laughs> that's what you, i mean that's what youth sports are about yeah like most kids that are playing soccer are not going to go play professional soccer there's this <laughs> teeny tiny little group that are most kids are going to take yeah. out of that experience something that they can relate to for the rest of their life that's mm -hmm. what sports are about it forces you to it forces you on the fly to have to deal with things. And it teaches you, if you let it, it teaches you how to prepare. 
It teaches you how to lose, how to win, how to be a teammate, how to stand up for yourself, how to not be pushed around, how to do that the right way, how to win gracefully. It teaches you, it's in your face. You can't get away from it. And that's the beauty of sports. It exposes people to things in a somewhat controlled environment. And part of that is the preparation of when you're on your own or you have mm-hmm. this thing in your life that's going on that's really difficult, that you can take those things that you learned as a child and you don't, you didn't say, well, I learned this and it, it just happens. <laughs> you absorb it, right? And that's what coaches are about. That's what they're supposed to be doing is to help yeah not just win the game, but teach and not. And if you teach through sports, it's life. It's the same thing. And that to me is the beauty of sports, youth sports, adult sports, whole nother game. (laughs) That's not what this podcast is about. So we don't even need to get there. That's dog eat dog. That's but youth sports is about experiences and, 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 and growing. For sure. Jeff, honestly, I think we're going to take, that was really well said. I think we're going to take all of that. I'm going to package it up with some music behind it. And that's going to be a new intro for every episode. <laughs> it's going to be that. I know. I can't I was imagine, thinking. I can't, we, we can't say it better. That was, uh, thank, thank you for, thank you for that. And that's really well said. I know we are, gosh, we're coming up on time. Um, but we have a few more things we want to get to. One thing in particular, I know that the Coca-Cola 600 is coming up uh, this weekend when this is being recorded. Dear listener, we recorded this ahead of time. Sorry. <laughs> I I have a couple questions to that. One, I know it's the longest race. Mm-hmm. So one, how do you prepare for that? And two, how do you unwind after that? I can't imagine yeah. going an average of one, 136 <laughs> miles an hour and then just, you know, just going out to dinner. I don't know. I feel like I would need to lie down forever. <laughs> yeah. It's a long one, you know, 600 miles. It's broken up into <laughs> four 100 lap segments. Um, so the way I kind of look at it is just one 100 lap race at a time. Now we're at a mile and a half track. And so a hundred laps there is not necessarily short, um, but it, it seems shorter that way. I I've only run one Coke 600 in my life. Um, and it was the longest race feeling I've ever been in, my, in forever. I mean, it, it felt forever. Normally there's three stages in every NASCAR race. And this weekend it's going to be four and when you get to that second stage and you know you're only halfway, it's uh, it's definitely pretty daunting. So Marathon status, yeah. Yeah, so the biggest thing for me is just hydration. You do all the, you know, physical stuff weekly, and that's kind of a slow build. Yeah. I don't just, you know, you can't work out harder because it's a 600 week and expect to do better. For me, I, I think the biggest thing that's really changed for me is hydration and how much that changes uh, what my heart rate feels like throughout the event, how I can react. It's pretty wild. I kind of keep track of that stuff here and there. I'll wear a heartbeat monitor throughout the race. Um, and as I've gotten yeah. into better shape or take care of hydration better, my diet better for the week of the race, it's pretty astounding the difference in just my heart rate throughout the race. Um, when I first started doing it, I was like, my heart rate would max out at like 205 in the race car and then <laughs> would average at like 165. Oh um, yeah. and now I, I keep that max a lot lower now. And that helps, you know, when your heart rate's that high, you're just, you know, reacting and you're not thinking clearly And racing is not 
it's you're normally better off, you know, being able to think obviously. So <laughs> that's <laughs> studies show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Studies have shown <laughs> that when your brain is turned on, you do better. So <laughs> that's been a, really crazy to me is how much just hydrating changes that. And, uh, and then from there, it's just one, 100 laps at a time. I have a quick follow-up to that. Just cause you mentioned hydration and it's 600 miles and you're in a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know where this wow. is going. How? How so, <laughs> when do you go? Yeah. When do you go to the bathroom? Never, We're going to, I don't know how else to say it. How, when yeah. do you go to the bathroom? Yeah, no, I we get that question a lot. I've never had to. Uh there's no like wow. device or anything in the car. <laughs> you know, you're strapped in and you're stuck. So if you have to, uh, there's nowhere else to go but I guess on yourself and pull a water bottle out and douse yourself okay. down. I've never had to. I you know, another thing I get thankfully from my dad, I guess, in this regard is I sweat a lot. <laughs> and so like I can drink water throughout the race like crazy and will never ever have to use the bathroom. Uh, I just sweat so much water weight out that I I never have had that issue. Some guys do, but thankfully for me, no pee in my seat. So that's a good thing. Thanks, Dad. Forgive the, forgive the question. I had. I mean, I just felt it. I felt listeners no, out number there one like, question. okay, but okay, but wait, but wow. Yeah, no, it, it adds up. Number one <laughs> question. It, it, uh, I mean, I raced for, look, I raced Cup for 20 years and yeah. ran Xfinity 5. You know, I raced for a living for 30 years. And mm. one time in 30 years wow. that I have to, and I tried, I loosened oh, no. up my belts and, I'm, and I still couldn't. It wouldn't happen. So, but yeah, one <laughs> time in 30 years. You had to recognize that yeah. it's a hundred, it's a hundred going to be, it's not going to be a hot weekend this weekend, but it's going to be 125, 130 oh, degrees man. in that car. And yeah. so you are, you're just pumping sweat out and you're wearing, you're not in a pair of sandals and uh, shorts. You know, you are three layers of fireproof material. Yeah. You have a helmet on, you have gloves, you have, I mean, you know, it is, it's hot. And so you're just dumping fluid out and, it's crazy when the race is over, you take your uniform off and it weighs like twice of what it weighs when you put it on because it just absorbs <laughs> all that. Uh, so it's just a super hot environment and you're just pushing sweat out all the time. Right on. Okay, we got one more one more question before this or that. Um, obviously, Simon mentioned it at the top, Father's Day is coming up and um, we've got two fathers. Simon's a new dad, which is exciting. But Jeff, for you, obviously, you know, being on this call, you can kind of see when Harrison's talking about it, you can see how proud and happy you are that he gets to kind of live out this life yeah. and journey. And then we just wanted to ask you, what does it mean to you to kind of be along for the ride with Harrison and see his successes, obviously with racing, but I'm sure there's so much more to them than just what he's doing on the track that, that obviously makes you proud. Well, look, I, I, I'm very blessed. I, you know, Harrison and my daughter Paige both have been Harrison, unplug your thing for just a moment. They, they, both, <laughs> they both have been uh, easy kids. Like they, you know, we never, I mean, you know, obviously not no major discipline issues. No, they're very focused yeah. people. And, and I, what I want for my kids is for them to be able to do what they love to do. And, and both of them right now are doing what they love to do. And so that is a blessing is to see, you know, it's, it is a blessing if you can make a living just doing what you want to do. That's a blessing. And right now they're both able to do that. And now I know the work that it takes and I know the sacrifice that it takes. And I know what Harrison's going through and the stress and the, and it's hard. It's, it's a great thing to have a job that everybody wants. 
right? <laughs> when you sign yeah. up and you say, all right, I'll be a whatever, and this is what other people want. Someone always wants your job. There's always pressure. You never can take a rest. It's just, you see it in football. You know, I know there's a guy signed a five-year contract, but they cut him next year. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like that. And so you just have to learn to f- just deal with it. And, and, but it's very difficult to do, but it is a blessing to have an opportunity to do what you love to do. Uh, the, the opposite of that is a lot of other people want to do it too. And that means that a lot of people want your job and that's just the world <laughs> we live in. And I still have it today. I mean, I, I work for NBC, you know, as a, as an analyst, I mean, yeah. every retired driver wants my job. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just how it is. I mean, you got to bring it and you do, you bring the insights. You, you have, the Jeffisms, the mayorisms. Have that has that already been coined? I didn't do that. No, but I'm gonna use that. There it right is. Right now, so I don't forget it. I think we should hop right into this or that. And then, you know, we're gonna we're gonna leave some leave the parting words to you guys here, and I'll get to that in a sec. But this or that, we talked about this at the top, but it's nine questions, right at a rapid fire pace, and we need rapid fire answers. There's absolutely no thinking involved. It's just gut reactions only. Is it who's going first? I think we'll do Harrison and Jeff. So okay. just Harrison, you answer. Jeff, you answer. Okay, sounds good. All right. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harrison, let's go. <laughs> Jeff's locked in. He's ready to go. All right, Marie, you, want, you want odds or you evens? Can, uh, you can take odds. I'll go All right. evens. All right, here we go. Add a movie, candy or popcorn? Popcorn. Popcorn. Is it pronounced gif or jif? It is gif. It is gif. When you put cups in the cupboard... Are you putting them right side up or are you putting them upside down? Oh, right side up. Right side up. You guys are in lockstep. Okay. Yeah, if you're gonna sure. watch an <laughs> if you're gonna watch an award show, we'll see if you guys still do this. Oscars or Grammys? I'm going Oscars. I don't know. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> That's an insightful answer. <laughs> <laughs> on a on a day off, are you enjoying the beach or are you going to the lake? Uh the beach, absolutely. The beach. Okay. Look at us. Fries. They're back on. You're back on. Fries or onion rings? Fries. That's easy. Fries for sure. I love it. <laughs> All right. Drinking coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Listen, maybe this will be controversial. Uh, do you prefer a snack if it's sweet or salty? Salty for sure. I'm sweet. Oh, oh we got him once. There it is. Yes. We got him. All right. Last one, and this isn't a this or a that. This is just gut reaction right off the top of the head. What is, hands down, the best racing movie ever made? Days of Thunder, for sure. That's, oh gosh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I'll have to go, I'll have to go Days of Thunder as well. You that's haven't a, even that, seen it. That's a lie. You're lying. That, <laughs> I, I, knew it. That was I did see it like a couple years ago I watched <laughs> I knew that answer was coming. And this devalues everything you've said on this podcast, sir. (laughs) Okay. We'll cut cut that. I watched it about two years ago for the first time. Did you actually? Mm -hmm. Did you like it? (laughs) Clearly. This is favorite. Hands down. Best one ever made. There we go. All right. right, guys. We will will leave the the final sort of parting words with each each of you. You know, Jeff, if you have any favorite dadisms you want to impart to (laughs) fathers uh, out there, or if you want to just leave anything for coaches, for administrators, for, you know, kids starting their youth sports journey, um, any advice? Then Harrison, same thing. Well, I I think sports, I think sports are a wonderful way to get the most out of, out of people. And I think it's important 
to understand that everybody's different, you know, and what one person works for one person doesn't work for another and finding a way to push somebody, but not push them over the edge is what I think is really important with youth sports. They have to have fun, but they also, uh, the challenge is part of the fun, but it yeah. what works for one doesn't work for other five. What works for each individual kid. Love it. Awesome. Well said. Yeah. For me, I think the, I relate more to the kids' sides of youth sports because I'm closer to that side, I guess. And <laughs> for me, I just would say just enjoy your friends or your teammates or whatever it might be. Uh, for me, it, it's uh, been interesting. You know, I grew up with a bunch of buddies in high school and played sports with them. And then they went to college and I went to go race. And uh, I, I miss having my buddies in a locker room messing around, talking about a game or now uh, at my race team, I've got uh, a family. I spend 36 weekends of the year uh, yeah. traveling with and love those guys to death. And uh, that feeling of I will do anything for you. And I know you will do anything for me is impossible to recreate. So if you have that, enjoy that and, uh, and try not to let that go. That's definitely fun. Awesome. Awesome. Very well, well said, said to the two of you. <laughs> Thank you both for being on. I know that we're at time here. We could honestly keep going because I'm still very curious about so many things about the world of NASCAR and racing, but we will let you guys go. Thank you, Jeff Harrison, so much for being on the podcast and can't appreciate you enough. Thank you. You guys are welcome to come anytime. We'd love to show you around the racetrack and show you how it works. Uh, Done. Yeah, that could be very oh. interesting. <laughs> yes. Kelsey, lock it in. We're going. I need, I need, I need to try this out. Awesome. Well, thank you both. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Wondering who to root for at this summer's Women's World Cup? Check out my new favorite futbolista, hosted by Women's World Cup champion Megan Klingenberg. This week's episode will introduce you to Crystal Dunn, who is returning to the national team after giving birth to her son. Check out my new favorite futbolista wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Marie, they're here. Let's say hello to the Athlete of the Month, Harper Messiah, and his dad, Yusuf Messiah. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Ford Love of Sport podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. This Thank is awesome. You. Welcome. Yeah, we've, Harper, we've heard great things about you and all the awesome stuff you're doing on the field and off the field. So it's a real privilege we get to talk to you today. And you're our first Athlete of the Month on the podcast. So you're doing True. it. The first one, big time here. Thank you. It's an honor. <laughs> Appreciate that. Now, awesome. I know you've faced pressure before in the past and probably some amazing situations and have come through in the clutch, but this is an entirely different beast. This is the this or that. So I hope you guys are already prepared for it. We're going to do a father-son. <laughs> so we're going to rapid fire seven questions plus a bonus question. Uh, and we're going to have Harper answer first. Then you, you guys ready? Yes, yes sir. C- clear your mind. Gut answers only. All no right. thinking involved. All right. Marie, you want me to start? Yeah, give it a go. All right, here we go. You're at a movie. Candy or popcorn? Candy. Popcorn. All right. Are you preferring to eat soup or nachos? Nachos. Oh, my gosh. Nachos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it pronounced no GIF or JIF? It's GIF. I'm pretty sure it's GIF, dude. <laughs> it's, oh. I'm with Harper on this one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Would you rather win an Oscar or a Grammy? I'd rather win a Grammy. Definitely Oscar. My, I'm an actor, so Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. It's coming. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, we'll predict uh, it. What's a better walk-off, home run or touchdown? Touchdown. Touchdown. Easily. Touchdown. touchdown. All right. Would you rather win a gold medal or an MVP award? An MVP. I'd probably say gold medal. 
gold medal, that's something that you have the opportunity to do once every four years. You know, MVP, I have an opportunity mm-hmm. to do, you know, every year. So yeah. I didn't mean to elaborate. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the gold medal and then I'll deal with the MVP later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Totally. Why not both? Uh, Why not? All right. <laughs> Who'd you who'd you rather pick on your team, Brady or Mahomes? We're talking we're talking prime Brady, by the way. Mahomes. Brady, me. <laughs> I love it. Love awesome. It. Okay, we're to the bonus question. Would you rather that the school year was exactly half as long, or that each school day was half as long? The school year was half as long. Okay. I think that's I justified. Okay. Cool. Diamond. Same with that. Okay. Cool. Would you rather spend one day inside of your favorite video game or one year spending all day playing video games? No questions asked. I do one day inside of the video game. Which video game? Madden. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Madden? Yeah. Oh, nice. Solid choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Literally yeah. exactly. Yep. Where is it? So yeah. basically... Live out, your, live out your NFL uh, your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yep. Harper, Yusuf, thank <laughs> you guys so much for joining. Uh, happy Father's Day, Yusuf. And, uh, Thanks, you know, sir. You got a great one in Harper. I got to say, the kid's going places, Marie. I, I, we're going to say this here. <laughs> we're calling he's it go- here. He's going First places time. for sure. I love it. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys. Yes. Thanks, guys. Take awesome. care. Take care. Thank you. Okay. What a jam-packed episode. Not only do we have... You know, just the perfect guests for today uh-huh. with Harrison uh-huh. and Jeff. Yes, they were great. And how awesome was it to have Harper, uh, Harper and Yusuf. our true sport, uh, yeah, athlete of the month on here? That mm-hmm. was really fun. We got to interview him and do a little this or that. Uh, this was a good one. Good yeah. episode all around. And another little uh, gift for everybody out there. If you want to nominate your own athlete of the month, it's going to be an added little gift for him is to hop on the podcast. That's true. That's true. If they want to. We're not going to. We're, know, we're like D-list amateur yeah. celebrities at this point. So, <laughs> Aspiring D-list celebrities. As, we're aspiring amateur D-list celebrities. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, a jam-packed episode. I yep. couldn't help myself from asking the question about, you know, how do you go to the bathroom to race car? We I, were all wondering. Simon asked the question, the hard-hitting journalistic, journalistic questions, questions that everyone's yeah. wondering. He just has the gumption to go out and do it. And so we respect him for that. <laughs> great poll, by the way, with gumption. I don't gumption. think said Word yet, of the day, so. gumption. <laughs> great poll, for sure. <laughs> Anywho, happy Father's Day, everyone. Whether you are celebrating that uh, this weekend, whatever you have got going on. Also, happy Pride Month. We had it. It's a, yeah. June's a big month. June's, June's a fun a month. month. So, um, yeah, with that, this has been... Another episode of For the Love of Sport brought to you by Sports Engine, the home of you sports. As always, feel free to send an email out to us at ftlospod at nbcuni.com. We love hearing from you. And thank you so much for everyone who's reached out so far. And please don't shy away from asking a question of your own, throwing us a this or that that you'd like to see included, uh, those hard-hitting kind of debates that uh, haven't been, you know, solved yet in your own group well bring it to us Mm -hmm. we'll ask the experts yes absolutely and we would not have been able to make this episode this show possible without the people behind the scenes making it all happen we've got the excellent uh kelsey irwin she helps us promote and produce this podcast as well as joe brazonic uh they are honestly the dynamic duo making us look and sound good and troy stone actually is really the one who makes us sound good and makes our voices just 
really come to life in the way that is just what you want to hear when you're turning on this uh, podcast. But um, kudos to them. We wouldn't be able to do this without them. And of course, to you, Simon. Happy first Father's Day to you, my my dear co-host. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you are so welcome. And we will be back shortly with another episode. So we will see you then. Bye, everybody. Um, Bye. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus chews. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.